I'm Brian Foster, and this is the Grindhouse Institute. On each episode of this podcast, Jeremy Floyd and I program a triple feature movie night. Each of the movies share common themes, and we discuss them here. We're happy you could join us for today's block we call Post-War Polynesia. Although the roots of the tiki craze can be traced back to the late 18th century when explorers returning from their adventures throughout the South Seas brought back tales of their far-off encounters, the idea as we know it wouldn't be fully realized until the 1930s with the opening of Don's Beachcomber Cafe. The cafe was opened by Ernest Raymond Beaumont Gant, a world traveler, bootlegger, and pal of the Hollywood elite who sought to bring a little bit of the South Seas mystique back to the States. Mixing complicated cocktails made from secret ingredients that the drinker would have trouble guessing, Ernest, who later changed his name to Don Beach, wanted to bring a little of his island-hopping adventure to the big city. Maybe he figured getting you liquored up would help to sell the illusion, or at least make it more fun. Today's block was curated by co-producers Alex Lamb and Max Well of Surf Monkey Films. Their latest documentary project, The Don of Tiki, is a study on the legend of Don Beach and the origins of the U.S.'s fascination with Polynesian culture. Testing a theory on the sailing techniques of ancient explorers, a crew of Norwegian sailors build a bamboo and balsa wood boat and brave the South Seas in an effort to prove that it's possible that people could have migrated from what is now South America to Polynesia. Thor Heyerdahl leads the Courageous Explorers in the Academy Award-winning documentary Kantiki from 1950. In the Pacific theater of World War II, a nurse falls in love with an older Frenchman, only to find herself pulling away when she finds out he is the father of two mixed-race children. Yeah, I know, right? The audience is encouraged to take baby steps toward understanding this concept and are presented with a lot of songs, camera filters, and jangling keys to distract them. Based loosely on James A. Michener's Tales of the South Seas, Mitzi Gaynor tries to wash that man right out of her hair in the 1958 musical South Pacific. A prim and proper young lady from Boston travels to French Polynesia to locate her long-lost father, majority stockholder in the family business, and father to three young half-siblings. Everyone on the island will have to go to madcap lengths to protect her delicate sensibilities. Hijinks ensue. John Wayne, Lee Marvin, and Cesar Romero star in Donovan's Reef from 1963. Thank you for listening to the Grindhouse Institute. Please enjoy. Leah, I want you to have this. It was my grandfather's. First minute I see you, I know you right man for Leah. And she right girl for you. You have special good babies. Well, there it is, gentlemen. Of course, this is for you, the citizens of the United States have decided. The question on my mind is, does this Miss Dedham know about her father? You mean the kids? Mm. Well, I can't see Doc Dedham hiding them in the jungle like they were something to be ashamed of. Oh, I don't know. Now, if I was in the docks. Oh, look, this day's from Boston, remember? But how can this girl help reaching all the wrong conclusions? Before we set off, experts maintained that primitive people couldn't possibly make such protracted sea voyages. They would perish for want of fresh food, and no fish could be caught far out in the ocean. This may well be the case if one travels by sea in a boat which would scare any fish with the noise of its propeller. But drifting slowly and noiselessly across the water on nine balsa logs, 
you'll see fish in large numbers, often seeking shelter under the raft. All right, welcome back to the Grindhouse Institute. I'm Brian Foster, and with me as always is Jeremy Floyd. Hello, and how are you? Hey, uh, aloha. <laughs> aloha. That, that kind of works, right? Yeah, I'll take it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Oh, fantastic. Uh, today we have a very special episode with a special returning guest. And I'd, I'd, I'd go so far as to say a friend of the show, right, at this point, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Um, you, you've been listening to every episode, right? <laughs> yeah, every episode, all 42, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we, we had this person on during our discussion of what's the greatest action-adventure film of all time, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Uh, right. And now he's returning um, along with another very special guest. And they're going to be discussing a bit of an adventure of their own. Uh, Jeremy, would you mind doing the introduction? Yeah, uh, so uh, we've got the the team of Alex and Max. Uh, they've uh, been uh, I don't know working together for how, how long has it been, guys? Like fifteen years. Uh, yeah, but yeah, um, like that. We're uh, happy to have uh, both you guys on and um, talk about uh, these movies you brought for us, and then uh, maybe a little bit about what you're working on. So uh, Alex Lamb and Maxwell, welcome. Hey, hey, Aloha. thanks for having us. Welcome. Yeah. This is very exciting. Mahalo. Uh, to, yeah. <laughs> very exciting talking about these films. Um, I, I believe it was brought up in the last show. Jeremy was drinking um, uh, something. Uh, and I think, Alex, you had some something as well. But I had in, some zombies, yeah. Some zombies, yeah. by the end of that show. So, I mean, it was it was uh, appropriate to talk about your project. Um, you know, I'd love, you know, we could start there or we could talk about the films that we're going to talk about first. But I'd, I'd love to hear about your project first. Um, to get started, yeah, yeah. So we have been uh, we've been working on this documentary about Don Beach, the founding father of tiki and tiki drinks specifically. Um, he was kind of the the creator of that um, mixing different rums and fruit juice, and maybe not the creator, but he he made it really popular and kind of changed the cocktail culture in America in the 1930s. So we're doing a documentary about his life and interviewing a lot of people that he knew. Um, people who are influenced by him today and it's been a wild ride he's a he's a fascinating guy and full of surprises yeah we're deep into the dawn wormhole um, (laughs) as it were does that wormhole include drinking all of the drinks uh during all of these shoots that you're on or is this (laughs) there is a bit of that it's a bonus for sure yeah It's hard when you or when you perhaps go to the a... reason you started doing it. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it's true. When you go to a tiki bar and shoot the bartender talking about Don Beach, it's very hard to avoid a cocktail. <laughs> very interesting subject matter, um, and uh, today we're associating our films with that um, around, yeah. um, I guess, the U.S.'s um, love of Polynesia around this time, um, or how it how it kind of came and became this um, big. Um, cultural thing for the u.s um so those films that we're watching and talking about today are contiki from 1950 Uh, there is a 2012 film version of the same events Mm -hmm. but that's not the one uh south pacific from 1958 and donovan's reef from 1963 uh a few firsts on this show i wanted to take note of that i think this is our first documentary right no we had uh we had the dune documentary Right, sorry, so our second right. documentary, but this is our first mid-movie intermission with overtures. 
I would say that that was that long that yeah, we got our first intermission. Probably. <laughs> uh, this is our first John Ford film, I think. Yeah. There you go. How about John Wayne? Have you done any other? We John have not Wayne had movies? a John Wayne film. How about Henry Ford, the founder yeah, Henry of Ford, Ford Motor <laughs> Company? <laughs> so, for the listeners, I when I wrote the email pitching these movies, I was like, "Oh yeah, there's a Henry Ford movie with John with John Wayne." You know, <laughs> and everybody gave me shit. <laughs> Well, I mean, let's I mean, let's get into, um, you know, starting with the movies. Um, let's start with Contiki uh, being, you know, chronologically the first one. Um, what an incredible documentary this was, uh, an Academy Award winning documentary when it was released. But um, I think, you know, over our text messages, we we exclaimed as much as we could about how insane this project was. <laughs> yes. um, that, yeah. Yeah. Going too far. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, real quick, but maybe before we, we start doing that, and I, I do want to to dive into Contiki first, but like, do you guys want to talk about a little bit, you know, why you put these movies together and, and, you know, what, why this block in particular? Yeah. I mean, I think that these, I think that these movies, well, first of all, I hadn't seen any of these movies and they're all movies. <laughs> they're all movies that I've yeah. wanted to watch, especially working on this, uh, Don beach project, like mm-hmm. movies that have come up that I've read about and they all kind of, uh, show sort of a different side of, America's fascination with Polynesia kind of it's like as our fascination progressed and evolved these movies kind of changed also so I think that it, it's it's kind of interesting these three movies in particular um, I think it worked out pretty well yeah and I would say this this kind of ties in really well sort of into the Don Beach timeline as well yeah. like you know he he opened his first bar in 1933 um, and that was sort of this beachcomber tropical style bar and then there were a lot of imitators that sort of popped up over the next decade or so mm-hmm. um, and then once we got into World War II obviously Michener's book uh, South Pacific was a huge hit and I think it came, the book came out in 47 I think and then the musical and then the film which is based on the musical um, <laughs> but while this was happening Don, you know right around that time Don opened his a new restaurant in Waikiki and yeah, like the, the America just became obsessed with this kind of like Polynesian look and style. And Don and Michener were friends. I guess they were buddies. They knew each other. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Later on in life. Like I think uh, Michener came and stayed on Don's property in Hawaii for a little while while he was writing. What was his property like? Did you, did you guys um, get into that? I'd love to know how that guy lived. (laughs) <laughs> we haven't quite gotten to a Don Beach property yet as far as where he lived. That's that's on the agenda, but that's like our second phase of production, which we're yeah. about to launch a Kickstarter for, actually. Nice. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Like, you know, we were talking about just in terms of the, you know, overall scope of this episode. It's like, you know, we're kind of exploring this um, post-war fascination and sort of zeitgeist of, you know, what, what Polynesia, you know, kind of became in the, in the the minds of Americans, you know, and a lot of that has to do with some of the Tiki bar stuff that happened right after prohibition ended. And the fact that, that that style of bar became like extremely popular and kind of awakened in people's minds uh, or imaginations, uh, a lot of uh, different possibilities. And then on top of that, 
uh, World War II and in the sort of the Pacific front of that, there all the island hopping and the the GIs did, and all the reports people were reading uh, throughout the war. South Pacific itself, the 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 movie anyway, you know, came out right as uh, Hawaii was going to become yep uh, a, a state. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's interesting because for Don Beach himself, I guess before he was Don Beach, he kind of did this sailing around the world uh, uh, thing is like <laughs> kind of a walkabout or whatever. <laughs> and um, supposedly the story was you could you'd take this money and go to college or you know what, I'll, I'll put it on a boat and I'll just uh, sail around the world and see what happens. And then kind of on that journey, you know, spent a, the mo- majority of that time apparently in Polynesia. And, you know, perhaps some of that fascination may have come out of, and this is purely speculative, but like, come out of expanding the territorial map of the United States, yeah. uh, which sort of kicked off uh, with the Spanish-American War and, and a lot of the stuff that uh, Teddy Roosevelt was uh, getting us into. And, you know, places like the Philippines and Hawaii uh, were American uh, colonies, just like, uh, you know, Puerto Rico and whatever. And you can kind of see... Like how maybe, you know, reading about those travels and whatever would kind of like spur him on to want to see what's going on out there and then get excited about it once he once he's there. And, you know, of all of his travels, it seemed like Polynesia sort of, you know, left the biggest impression in his heart. And as an interesting like segue, I guess, into our first film here, Contiki, which is a a documentary of uh, this, uh, I guess, Norwegian or I I don't know what, what. they were Scandinavian yeah. anyway. I think, these I think guys. Norwegian. Yeah. Uh, Norwegian. Yeah. Uh, they were. They were His name was Thor, man. The guy's <laughs> a beast. It, 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 in a way, uh, kind of like, almost gives us a, a point of view a little bit of, of you know Don's journey out there. Uh, although their perspective on it was a, was a little bit different. They were trying to essentially, re, you know, recreate what uh, potentially uh, people did. You know, for you know. 2,000, 3,000 years ago. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so his his theory, right, was that um, people basically, basically Polynesia at the time, everyone just kind of accepted that Polynesia was populated by people from Asia, that they had moved mm-hmm. down mm-hmm. into these islands. And his theory was that people came from Peru. Mm-hmm. And people said that was impossible. And he was like, "Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna build a raft, and I'm gonna do it. And if I die, then you're right. And if I don't yeah. die, then..." And that was essentially what he did. It was insane. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> I was sold on the uh, 1950 animations of the trade winds going north <laughs> right. and west, and I'm like, "Yeah, that works." Yeah, I was actually amazed at how well that stuff holds up. Like, yeah. it's, it kind of just looks like something that you might see today as just a stylized. Exactly. Look. Of that era, or yeah, they would yeah, make totally. it look like that? Yeah, yeah totally. That was very cool. Well, and, and they did such a good job. I mean, the movie's less than an hour or something, right? I mean, isn't it really short? It's like 57, 58 minutes, yeah. Yeah, and so it's it's pretty wild that he's able to pack so much into that. Uh, yeah. And, like, the, the amount of footage they had, it's like, well, <laughs> especially, like, <laughs> there's that moment where, like, the... Okay, because what happens is that we were talking about this a little bit, but there's these trade winds that kind of just essentially push this this yeah. raft, 
and they almost and have no control stop. over the boat. And it, it just, cannot it just, stop. Yeah, it, it gets it into going. the it gets locked into that lane and it just goes. Do yeah. not put your boat to the back of this boat because yeah. that boat will far <laughs> outpace you. Well, and, and then there's that moment where they have the little uh, little rubber dinghy. dinghy or whatever. Yeah, and they're like, yeah, we're just gonna get, get some uh, wide shots of this boat, and like the boat just like flying <laughs> away from them. <laughs> Luckily, yeah. they got a they got a line out to them, or they'd have been gone. They'd have been in, in the middle of the ocean. Yeah. Right. Well, and, and, and that's the part that was like killing me. I was like, wait, they're shooting this while they're like paddling for their lives. Yeah. Like, Real yeah. documentary filmmakers. One guy was rowing, and he's like, "Don't stop! Don't stop! This is gold! Don't stop!" Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, Good this shots, was true. Too. Yeah, like, solid shots, and they yeah. like everything was pretty well composed. Like. Very impressive. I was kind of amazed that they were able to have an hour-long film and really like 45 minutes of the movie is shots of the same five or six guys on a small raft in the middle of the ocean, right? Yeah. But the storytelling is so good, it it continues to be entertaining. I love that that they... You know, they used the st- or the um, the techniques of those people from that era. They didn't use anything current, you know, no mm-hmm. motors, nothing like that. They just used, an, they made a sailboat yeah. out of, what, bamboo and a, a bunch of wet wood, right? Or drenched yeah, boa. wood. Yeah, balsa yeah. wood. Balsa logs. No, uh, balsa. balsa wood. Yeah, sorry. Mm-hmm. That, that's what it was. <laughs> um, I just thought that that was interesting. That and, and a lot of the things that they encountered along the way, including the flying fish that would just jump up onto the boat and basically right. be their dinner every day. <laughs> <laughs> like when, when you think about and but that wouldn't have happened with a boat with a motor right it would have scared right. those fish away or they would have uh, avoided it so this it's just brilliant you know yeah that was yeah. a really cool detail like about how like you know if you you know strip away all that technology they're not you, afraid of you. you you then are, are able to sort of sustain yourself because it, there'd be all these like other ways of uh you know collecting food and water they said most of the time there were there were fish that were just following them, um, you know, just riding along with them underneath as a, li- a little bit of protection, you know, and they just became one with the sea and the fish. Yeah, it was great. They would just yeah. throw a line in and be like dinner. And yeah. then there was a there was a lot of footage of them just beating the hell out of fish. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, a little disturbing. But those yeah. fish would have kicked the shit out of them, right? The, yeah, the sharks were like batting around on the on yeah. the bow of the ship and. Uh, <laughs> exciting stuff but yeah i i love that they didn't just edit to like hit it once and it's dead like they kept cutting back i mean it's like beating it with a club plus it was and it was sound designed right because all that stuff was done later and so they had to find that right sound to hit that fish fish with a wooden mallet and there was a constant like water sound they had throughout the entire movie you know it was almost just consistent tone well and they they used the sharks to like filter water the De- they they like got water right. out of the shark and they were like this water will be okay to drink i'm like how how do you know that like it was only partially <laughs> briny or something yeah. yeah yeah i thought that was the dolphin fish it was the oh it was it was the dolphin from right. the, from the yeah. lymph gland of the dolphin fish that's right yeah. yeah and they were like it's not very good but it will keep yeah you like it tastes horrible <laughs> but if you were but if you were gonna die and they and they like you know, there's a lot of stuff that you had to kind of take with a with a grain of salt because, like, it's it's like these these Norwegian guys in the 50s, and they're like, "Well, you know, it's the same for a European or a primitive man. You need yeah. water." And it's like, "Well, yeah, because you're both men, <laughs> like both human. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there's no difference." Actually, actually real quick, that is like a, a perfect through line through all these movies. Like, yes, uh, people other than white people are also human too. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah. Exactly. I, uh, 
We're all that's, the same. <laughs> I would say that that's definitely the uh, the thesis, and the, you know the. <laughs> no, but I, I I love how like they were doing these uh, extremely un- unnecessary experiments. Like oh yeah, there, there were six guys in this boat, and two of them, for no reason whatsoever, d- decided to like yeah, I'll I'll just the entire trip. Eat these like yeah these K rations or whatever. It's like yeah. this nutrient paste, <laughs> just to see if I if I live. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I I was I I mean they they didn't make it very clear. I kind of wondered if like the military had kind of sponsored. I think part of their yeah. part of their it was a multi-country sponsorship. I thought right, okay, but I, how much money did they did they need yeah. to like. You know what I mean? To, to, to lash that boat together. Which, you know, the guys in Peru did all the work for him. So hey, man, that's saying. margins, man. You got to understand how margins work. Like, you could put a price on anything. Yeah. They okay. needed they needed film. They needed film, man. Oh, yeah. That's true. There you go. They needed yeah. film. They, they needed true. to finish this goddamn documentary. Listen, documentaries aren't cheap, okay? Yeah. yeah. And they said a bunch of footage was lost um, at the end of that. You know, they oh, said right. that there was like right, a whole right. section that they, but they had still photos. Like inside the little hut or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Um, I also mm-hmm. read that later there are, there is color footage. It's just somewhere that hasn't been shown yet or something like there's oh, wow. potentially oh, wow. color Ooh. footage of that trip somewhere. That'd be interesting to see. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, I mean, I mean, I guess you could even apply that, that logic about like, what the hell are they doing this for to the trip in <laughs> in and of itself? It's like, why are they doing this? Oh, just yeah. for a bet. I don't know. Like, yeah. just to see if it happened. But, but one way they're like, you know, I want to see how, how far we can sustain this. And we're doing, they're, they're drinking like like 60% fresh water, 40% seawater. Yeah. Point. Like, oh, yeah. why? Yeah. But, why? but it was ultimately to prove that those, the primitive people could do it, right? You know, on yeah. whatever rations the, the ocean provided them. Well, that, that right. part was sponsored by the British Navy, I think they said. Right. Or the <laughs> Air Force or something. Or, yeah, something like that. Right. Yeah. So maybe it was a thing where they're like, okay, what if our what if our guys are lost at sea? You can tell we were all paying attention very closely to these details. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, but well, why? why? Why did these guys like? <laughs> is it because like the navy was gonna like fuck with them if they didn't do this stuff? <laughs> like, <laughs> like we're not we're gonna we're gonna shoot you down. Yeah. If you, <laughs> if you go if you if you go through. <laughs> You go through this current here, you're not going to make it. No, I think that, yeah, I think some of it was just like, like the Navy was like, hey, while you're out there. Yeah. Do you mind trying some of these survival tactics? We've been like knocking around in the office, like trying to see if maybe they'll work. (laughs) You know, you'll be out there. Maybe you might die. But since you're out there anyway, try it. But, but, but then they, me and they Jerry could, got they, a they could just say, oh yeah, sure, yeah. sure, yeah, we we did all that, we did all that, and, and maybe that's what they did do. Who knows? But like, yeah, like... and then they they set their they set their uh, their little tent on fire uh, with the stove, which I don't know. There's a lot of stuff that they did where I was like, you know, th- this kind of goes back to the dinghy. Also, like it didn't really make sense. Like that shouldn't have been a discovery. That like the going back to the dinghy. The, if the boat's going this fast, you can't row that fast. Right. That shouldn't have been something that they had to find out by launching off. They're like, oh, holy shit, we can't row that fast. You Modern know, like, man doesn't yeah. know that stuff. Then that's what primitive man would know. Yeah, yeah. Well, they weren't thinking straight. They were they were surviving on lymph node juice and military yeah. rations. Might have been a little squirrely yeah. at that point. But I, and I feel like the same thing with like 
like the stove setting the boat on fire. It's like, well, yeah, you left the stove on. Like yeah. that wasn't that wasn't like part of the adventure. That was just a, a dumb guy leaving the stove on. Goof. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yo, which branch of the military asked them to yeah. prove that part? <laughs> and then they had the other star of the movie was this this Spanish speaking parrot who spoke with a Norwegian yes. accent, right? Yeah. And I couldn't figure out if that parrot showed up did they explain it or did, did they that, bring did him? they bring that parrot right yeah I, I was wondering and did it just get caught up on the boat and then had to stay on the boat because it was in the middle of the ocean at that point that's what fly. i assumed but then they were like well we could bring him back to his cage inside i'm like wait there's a cage no no i, I, I think that was somebody's like pet that they got uh <laughs> while they were in peru but you know i i i now i don't remember specifically what the <laughs> what the circumstances were for it but We'll cut to a clip. We had a female on board. Her name was Lorita, and she was a South American parrot. The first few days, Lorita, in common with one member of the crew, was seasick. But after four days, both of them were excellent sailors. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. A couple other quick things. Uh, Before we uh, we leave this one behind, Uh, how insane were were the sort of like the (laughs) wicker basket shark cages? Yeah. Or like when they were like dipping the guy in by by his feet, like holding him by his feet while he was going underneath the boat with the sharks swimming around. It's like, what in the hell? Wasn't that to remove something from the bottom of the boat? I think it was to yeah. check the lack. And they had to get him out because if they didn't, it would come back like that fish that they showed an example. Yeah. Of. It was just a half a fish left after it came out. Could you imagine just the legs coming up out of the water? Oh, like fucking Evil Dead 2. Just like, yeah, exactly. Or like Piranha. It's like... <laughs> now that would be a hell of a documentary. Oh. Also, the, uh, the whale shark, I mean, I've always, I mean, of course, like, like watching stuff now, they're like, oh, whale sharks are very, like, peaceful and nice. If you can, like, swim with them and stuff. And they're like, <laughs> they're yeah. like, this thing's fucking crazy looking. Let's try to spear it. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, like it's giant. Even though it's a, it's, it's nice and gentle. It, it was like you know six times the size of the raft. So yeah, <laughs> inadvertently it could have fucked them up. Yeah, know? I thought it was. They were more worried about it bumping into them. Yeah, and capsizing yeah, kicking the boat. it with their with its tail. Yeah, <laughs> but but they didn't kill it, right? They just kind of got the spear in it. It took off and then it the swam away. Broke in yeah, half and it just left. It's like you could not mess with that thing. It was a monster. No, I think forty feet huge. long. They said or four, just, yeah. just ridiculous size of these things. Yeah. And then, and then, I, I mean, I, I was thinking about how crazy it is that, like, the most exciting part of their journey, obviously, they couldn't film because they're, like, getting, like, thrown onto this, oh, right. this reef, right? Reef so, like, it's, and, yeah. they start, he starts narrating, it's like, this was the most exciting part of our journey. And they just go to a map, <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> they just show a map with, like, a line on it. And it's like, yeah. it says, like what Indiana day, Jones. what day of the adventure it is. And, and they're like, yeah, well, just it's wait like, day. you guys get to the most exciting part of <laughs> yeah, your documentary. Know. And we don't and have any don't footage. Have yeah. footage. <laughs> I felt bad, because I was like, they probably... they probably were just all hanging on for dear life at that point. Yeah, And totally. that's why they had, like... He's like, no, you film it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, the raft was almost destroyed. Like the shots yeah. of the raft after it was on the reef was pretty yeah. intense. But how how would they have gotten back? That's a one way trip, huh? If there was no, I mean, not them specifically. I'm saying anyone that didn't have a means of actually phoning someone and telling them to come pick them up. Right. You know, right. like is that yeah. a one way trip? And is that what they were trying to also prove? You know. Well, that's the thing that I I yeah. if if the Peruvians really took this journey 
like why like did they could they like they couldn't have seen anything from where they, they are they right? were out like, fishing like, and then just got pulled they into got Polynesia. stuck they got, hooked, <laughs> they got hooked in the trade wind yeah, yeah. the current yeah. took them yeah actually <laughs> why that, because yeah. they had no choice <laughs> <laughs> they tried to paddle they yeah. gave it their best <laughs> Let's just stop here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it looks beautiful. Yeah. I mean, it was, I mean, it was definitely an adventure. That was, a, that was my favorite, I think, of these movies because that. I agree. I mean, it, it was, I'm happy that I watched it. I will probably watch it again in my life. Like, that was, yeah. that was an intense it's documentary. Wild... And even it being so old, like, <laughs> it's so good. This might be the only time I watch South Pacific. Um, mostly yeah. because it wasn't, wasn't my ultimate favorite, but my wife loves it. So, um, you know, she's a big musical person. So this uh-huh. was like, she really wanted to watch this with me and fell asleep in the first 15 minutes. <laughs> so, <laughs> but how familiar. could you fall asleep in the first 15 minutes of this movie? This oh. is yeah. one of the craziest musical numbers ever. Uh, Wait, the, are you talking the, about the... my favorite Martian dressing like Tobias Funke? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the never nude yeah exactly ray walston in the <laughs> midriff showing oh my god uh, man that yeah. was uh quite a fantasy uh uh opener there like that yeah. was that there was definitely something something going on there yeah oh yeah there was a lot going on there we got volleyball and ping pong and a lot of dandy games what ain't we got we ain't got dandy <laughs> <laughs> And it really doesn't uh, feel like the rest of the movie at all. I mean, that feels like a very isolated musical number for that movie. It, nothing really kind of does that same same thing, yeah. you know? Yeah. No. Well, which song was this? <laughs> this is this the song where they're singing about the uh, the other island with no, all the this women is, on it? No, this is the very first, like, the Navy introduction, I guess. I don't yeah. know, you know, on the and island. They're, they're, and they're singing to to Bloody Mary or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. Her face yeah, is yeah, like yeah, leather yeah. and all that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's like, I'm I'm so confused by this song. Why yes. is this lady smiling? They're talking so much shit on her. And <laughs> Because they're the guys with all the guns and ships and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and they're and smile. they're buying okay. they're buying her grass skirts that she's selling, which why? I don't know what they were doing. She was making ba- mad cash, though, at the time. Six, she was, eight thousand yeah. bucks, she said, or something? Something like that. Yeah. And then uh, and then, then they go into the song about this island, the... Bali uh, High. The Bali High, yeah. The famous song. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, and about how there's no women. And then, like, this group of, <laughs> this group of women comes jogging by. And I was like... <laughs> Except Which for I guess ones right later, here. Yeah. yeah, I guess they explained it because those were nurses and they are like off limits to the. the That's military. when we first meet Nelly, right? Nelly's right. coming right. from that group. Yeah, yeah, but that just threw um, me off. That that was that was a a similar scene in Donovan. Not trying to jump ahead, but that was a yeah. similar scene in Donovan's Reef when a bunch of women run by and all of a sudden the Navy guys just kind of take off. I think these are <laughs> British though. At that. They just take right. off and start running after these women. They did the same thing in oh, right. South Pacific. <laughs> all right, all right. They, they were on bikes or something, and I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> same kind of game. How scary yeah. for them, right? Yeah. All these dudes start running <laughs> down the street. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I did want to talk about Ray Walston uh, with that um, ship tattoo on his stomach. Right. Oh, yeah. He was showing off the whole time. Like, that was, that was pretty impressive. That was uh, very cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that tattoo that... 
you know, in the, that's exactly what people in the the fifties imagined. People who have tattoos, like that's what it would look like. <laughs> yeah. Like this is this is a navy guy, right? Yeah, yeah. A navy guy. Just this guy's definitely stomach. a navy guy. He's got a full like schooner on his on his yeah. on his like belly a... button. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, did you guys catch that the wash that man right out of my hair song? Um, yeah, was you know Nelly singing about Emil. Washing him out of her hair. Right. Uh-huh. But then in Donovan's Reef, they called Caesar Romero a louse and, yeah. you know, lice. And that's how you get rid of lice. You wash them out of your hair. Oh. And it was kind of the same character that was in both. That's Man. Yeah. Connections and connections. connections the the yeah. same character, Belloc. What's his name? Well, we call him Belosh. <laughs> Belloc. Belloc. Yeah. He was Belloc. Yeah. I confused both of those guys for Belloc multiple times. Belloc who could sing, I guess, yeah. Yeah. I bet Belloc could really carry a tune, man. You heard him laugh when he holds that idol. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, the the crazy thing to me about about this, because I had never seen the musical. I had heard the music before, because my wife also loves the musical. Um but I didn't realize that like a major part of the story is that this French guy who she's in love with had a wife who was Polynesian and he's got these, these mixed race kids Mm -hmm. and she has to get over her racism. Yeah. I was like, I was like, that's what this was about. I didn't either. And and when she's upset about it, I didn't understand why she was like, she was right. she started like, acting all weird, and I was like, "What's the problem?" Talk. It, it, it was yeah. like her feet were on fire, and she had to run away. It was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was really and I mean, I, I guess part of that is just like we're in the year 2021, and it's like to right. me, I'm like, I have no idea what her issue is here. But it was like, no, he has mixed race kids. Like, I, I can't be with him. It was so, it's such a culture shock. Like there was a time there travel was culture shock. And then there was the the John Kerr character, uh, Cable or right. Lu, Lu, yeah. Lutellen Cable. Cable. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. But he and he was the same kind of thing, right? Like he he wasn't gonna he wasn't interested in meeting someone, and then he meets a, a Polynesian girl, uh, yep. Liat, I believe her was the daughter mm-hmm. of uh, Bloody Mary, right? And yeah. So, but it was like then he had that relationship too, and that I think that that was another bit of the you know mixed race uh, racism that was in this I mean, film. It, it, it was it was fine when he was just getting laid, but he didn't want to marry her. Right. <laughs> like th- that was right. his whole whole uh, his whole dilemma, God. I guess. Was like, you know. did he yeah. die? He did. Uh, yes. Yeah. Okay. Did that happen off screen, and then they just kind of cut back to him being covered up by a by a? They body cut back bag? to him being buried, but yeah, buried. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. Well, okay. being covered I was a little leaves. confused on that. Yeah. <laughs> That's a type of burial, I guess. Yeah. It's like when you put the pig in the ground for a luau. Same thing. Yeah. <laughs> He'll cook he was slowly. being eaten, exactly. Oh, yeah. He's well, yeah, that was the other thing. When, when, they went to, when they went to Bali High and they're doing like this like ceremony to get the tusk out of the pig. And I was like, what? I I was very confused as to like what culture these people were supposed to be. It seemed like it was such a mixture of. Was it Tongan? It, it it seemed like it was a bunch of stuff. It was like a lot of. I thought there was like a lot of African elements mixed. Yeah, in. and I was like, this doesn't make any mm-hmm. sense. It was complete nonsense. It, I was, it, yeah, it was, it was just Hollywood. Uh, like, yeah, it, you know, everything in the kitchen sink. Like all non-white races. Uh, yeah. we'll just like put them all together. Yeah, but it's interesting because like the. 
both this movie and Donovan's Reef are, uh, you know, doing these like baby steps for the audience to, yeah, like try and consider that uh, people who don't look like John Wayne are also human. What? Right. Right. And, and I mean, I guess both of these movies were, could be definitely considered offensive <laughs> watching <laughs> them, watching them yeah. today. Um, but what, but also watching them, I was kind of surprised that it seemed like they were for the time trying to be progressive in a way mm-hmm. they weren't yeah. necessarily doing it the right way as we might <laughs> do it today. But, but like the message was that it's like, no, we're all human beings, which I, uh, I wasn't expecting when I when I started watching South Pacific. I didn't know that's what right. it was going to be about. Well, I I have to say, like for a movie in 1958, I was actually kind of shocked that they did have some interracial kissing in yeah. the movie. And I it was one of those things where it's like, oh, it seems like that's what they were going to do, and they were going to start to imply it and then cut away. But no, that they they went for it. And for a movie this uh, this old, like it 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 definitely seemed like something that they wouldn't allow. I mean, you know, part of the Hayes Code was explicitly not showing uh you know races mingling in any context whether it's just like you know casually or whatever unless it's like a servant or something uh and Jesus. so th- th- yeah yeah and so this was definitely one of those things where it was like it was one of the earlier ones now apparently the year before 1957 uh island in the sun had uh sydney poitier Weezer. and um yeah, and Weezer, <laughs> <laughs> and <Yeah. laughs> Sydney Poitier, and the, and the lead singer of Weezer kissed, and and uh, that apparently was like one of the the, the bigger uh, uh, on screen kisses uh, for 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 breaking that barrier. But you know, mm. this movie um, too, I guess, is is was pretty early in that. Uh, and this movie, I mean, they probably had already done it on stage, right, mm-hmm. in the play like a couple years before mm-hmm. yeah although you know who knows i mean because sometimes with broadway may not have i mean may have had certain yeah. other standards but like not the Hayes code in particular and yeah who knows also like you know the, these these actors weren't doing like brown face or anything right it, it wasn't, wasn't like uh, they were they were having natalie yeah. wood in the searchers or right anything, yeah. <laughs> true but i do believe i don't believe liat was from the that area right she was she looked She's from somewhere else. The actress. She was yeah. French, I guess. It was uh, also, she also looked really young. Like I kind of got this, like uh, you know, Jeffrey Epstein Island vibe <laughs> from Valley High. From like, oh, arts. this is the island. Yeah, this people, is... people show up on a boat, and then this lady's yeah. like, "Oh, why don't you go?" Uh, I into mean, this room with this. That was kind of what was girl. being implied there, right? Right, like the very first song about, "Hey, you know what? There are women over there. Right. If you guys want to get sexy. laid." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> But yeah. <laughs> I, 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 love, I love the like, yeah, yeah. speaking of that, you sexy thing. It's like the first time she sees him, like all of a sudden we cut to her point of view and she has cataracts and we're just like, there's this like weird smudging all over the lens. Oh man, they did so much of that in this movie. It's like weird vignette, soft, softening thing. Yeah. Yeah. Also, a lot of color like, correction. Yeah. With the, with the, the cinematography, it seemed like they had lots of like weird filters and stuff. Like even though they were shooting it, on a tropical beach, but they were like, let's make it look more tropical. Like, <laughs> like we, a, a tropical beach on Mars, like with purple. Yeah. And, <laughs> but it was like, yeah, let's talk about the yellow sun. Not yeah. everything needs to be yellow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so apparently the director intended for that to be a more subtle effect. And uh-huh. then like when they were producing the 35 millimeter prints, 
I guess Fox did it and they just went really big with it <laughs> and they couldn't undo it at that point like the movie you know the movie was had been made and they shipped them all out. <laughs> they didn't have command z back then yeah <laughs> i will say i was amazed at how good that film looked though i mean they shot it on 70 millimeter yeah and it really yeah it was very up. beautiful the beach yeah. scenes especially you know the the divide of the water on the you know in the beach and they were just some really great shots even though you know i don't think bally high was a real island out there with a with a background that they painted on but matt yeah the matte right, painting right. that was matte cool. painting yeah that's what they're yeah well it, that's the thing it's like because everything else like looks so good all, all of a sudden like some of those yeah, those places where they were, they were yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or being more artificial like makes it look even worse because uh <laughs> because everything else looks so great yeah and then there there were some like it, all the sets were kind of like those sets, you know, that you see a lot, especially in like the 50s. And when things come from musicals where it's like the set only has what's in front of you. Like nobody ever looks this way. It's like very you know, like, oh, like a, sure. yeah, yeah, like like a sitcom set, basically. It's like mm-hmm. as long yeah, as you're yeah, looking yeah. that way. It's only three walled, right? right. Yeah. Yeah, three walls. yeah. yeah. Um, Here's a question. Did you did you guys find it weird? There were a couple of musical numbers where they had they were just addressing the camera like they were playing straight to lens as they were singing mm-hmm. there were two i think there were two maybe musical numbers where they did that and i found it when, really when, when belloc first sang i think was one of them right that that might have been one of them and when uh the gal what's her name natty nettie nelly nelly uh yeah when she sang on the beach and then the girls end up like dancing behind her like the first half of it, she's just singing right to lens. Wasn't that the wash that man out of my hair? Wash that man out of my hair. <laughs> yeah, I liked that shower. That was a really cool shower that she. It was like it was like the trunk of a tree Disneyland that was hollowed shower. out. Yeah. Like yeah, it's like what the it Flintstones looked... would use. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's an elephant on, like yeah, just with his just trunk on top. The trunk, yeah, his tongue out or something. Yeah. <laughs> there was a button on the side of the tree that was like. Cold, medium, and hot. Did you see that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> How the hell did they get what that? What were the heated work? elements for that? Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, this movie uh, was uh, was quite long, huh? It was long. It felt yeah. long. I mean, and it knew it was long. You know, it, it, like I, I had trouble figuring out if the video on my cable was working at the beginning because for five oh, minutes it's just yeah. overture and no yeah. video. The overture yeah, the same thing like... happened. <laughs> With Same black thing leader. happens after like, the, the intermission. You still yeah, have yeah, that yeah. set of black. It's just like you're at the show, right? Live when they have the overture and the, mm-hmm. the curtain yeah. hasn't gone up yet. That's where we're at. But this is a movie. You know, like yeah. I, I was kind of like taken out of it. And I will admit that I skipped ahead. A few I, I did and... too. And I was kind of, <laughs> and and I kind of was like, oh, sweet. Because I knew this movie was like three hours long. It's like, maybe that got rid of like 10 minutes, yeah. you know. <laughs> Yeah. Six minutes total. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but I also I was I'm like, is, is my is is the picture not working? Because I hear <laughs> it. Yeah, I, I was like, I, I expected to see credits or something. Uh, it was just you, black. You start to get that music. little panic, like, oh god, am I have to replace a cable or something? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I immediately bl- like blamed myself for not watching this like earlier, and I'm like, am I not going to be able to watch this today? Because <laughs> yeah. it's going to take forever to work. Or something. <laughs> I'm not going to make it. Yep. Uh, well, I uh, will say this this film was was like two and a half hours plus, but to, it only felt like three and a half hours. To me. <laughs> they somehow managed to cram two and a half hours into three and a half hours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you feel like you feel like it's done and then intermission. You're like, oh, I'm I'm almost I'm almost and I feel, you know, 
a lot of people worked really hard to make this movie happen. Sure. And I'm, I'm acting like it's As a horrible all thing, movies, yes. horrible thing that <laughs> yeah. I had to watch it. But I, I really thought I was like, okay, like we're getting somewhere. I've been watching this for like three hours now and then it's intermission. Yeah. Well, it, it's, it's funny, like the first half of the movie before the intermission, you know, without that opening scene in the plane, you yeah. almost wouldn't even know this is supposed to be World War II. It's, you know, it's just the straight kitchen sink drama. Like it, you know, yeah. when I was watching it, I, I kind of forgot about the World War II yeah. uh, aspect yeah. of it. And it was like, you know, lost in, in, in the... Uh, sort of absurdity of, of the love stories. The only thing yeah. that kind of kept that going were, were the, uh, was the major or whoever was, you know, sending uh, Emil out on the, you know, the trip to the island to look over the, the Japanese, right, right to, to, to spot yeah. out. Um, that was but, the only thing. But I think that I, comes after. Uh, it it right? does. It does. Okay. I'm just saying that was the only thing that reminded me that this was during, um, yeah, yeah. you know, that time or that era. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, aside from that, it just kind of feels like MASH or something. Exactly. Like, <laughs> you're like, wait, are, like, do they ever have to worry about, like, fighting? I, I loved that, like, a production designer, though, was like, I have a really cool idea. I'm going to put I'm going to put a doll without a head hanging upside down in this jet. And that's how you're going to know, like, these guys are badass army dudes. I didn't even notice that. Oh, that was like the only thing I could look at that whole scene. Like there's there because it was so creepy and it didn't fit in the rest of the movie at all. But it was like it was a it was a head like a decapitated doll right, right. hanging upside down like it was a like it was like dice in a car. It was, it was the, like, the, the the kid from Toy Story, like the neighbor from Toy Story. Like just mutilating I toys. There was, a head. Yeah. was there a head? I thought there was a head. I don't know. Maybe there was a head. It was creepy nonetheless. So it was it was it was weird. Well, what was creepier, that or him chewing on a cigar with the plastic wrap still on? Yeah. Yeah, that I was I was a little I was like That guy could land anywhere, but he couldn't figure out how to smoke yeah. a cigar. <laughs> Well, maybe he, I was like, maybe he has one cigar and he just really wants yeah. it to last. So he's like, I just, you know, I, he has the oral fixation. He's like, I need something in my mouth in order to fly a plane. Yeah. Right. Well, he actually, you know, he had, he was totally fearless. He, he didn't, uh, he, he didn't give a shit about death. Like he was like, oh yeah, we'll just uh, prove it to this guy for no reason. What are those islands over there? Japanese? All of them? Just a minute. Friendly. Well, take it up. What's the idea? Yeah. <laughs> just get covered by anti-aircraft. Like, uh, next time, I'll just uh, take your word for it, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that's the other. That's the other theme, right? It goes back to Thor wanting to just be like, "No, I want to prove this. <laughs> yeah. I have no." Yeah. There you go. I'll. I'll just. I'm just gonna do it. I'm gonna. <laughs> no. And how about when? When? Uh, what? What's his name with the the ship tattoo? Falls out of the plane. Yeah. Right, and, and then the yeah. Well, he doesn't pull his parachute cord, and they just He's yell like, at him, like, "Pull the cord!" Which one? Then, Say it again. Yeah, and then he yells back up at them, yeah, "Which like, cord?" As if he could hear them. Yes, <laughs> it's all like wind and propeller noise. Yeah, I was like, maybe on the stage this worked, but like as a movie, right. this 
all of a sudden it just turns into a flat out like Wiley e. Coyote cartoon. I was, yeah. I was so. He pulls it I out was... and an anvil comes out. Right? Also, I'm pretty sure if you're traveling at like 500 miles an hour when they get to the you can't just stick your head out the window and like have a conversation with somebody. You right, you're, you're pulling back stumps at that yeah. point. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That was definitely my favorite moment in the movie. It was him yelling back up, like, as he's falling to his death. That whole sequence was my favorite thing. Because he yeah. lands in the ocean, and then the guys on the plane are like, oh, toss him a boat. And then they... yeah. <laughs> and the boat falls, <laughs> like... <laughs> be like, six yeah. miles away. <laughs> Out of the range of their... <laughs> it's, like yeah. it, it's like that whole sequence was written by like a five-year-old with toys. And he's right, like, well, right. this guy can just throw a boat out of the plane to that guy. <laughs> right. So it's going to be one of those days, huh? Should we, uh, should we step out to uh, Donovan's Reef? and uh, Yeah, so. we'll take it. Yeah. Head to the saloon. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I made the mistake of watching the trailer for this movie. I, I, I forget how bad trailers were like in the 50s and 60s yeah. and 70s. And I, I saw this trailer and I was like, oh God, this is going to be horrible. And then I, I started watching it and I actually really liked it. And I was like, oh, I wish I watched this before South Pacific. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I did watch it before South Pacific. Um, I, I liked it. I liked it too. I mean, I know there was some problematic moments in this one. Too. John Wayne kind of is a bit of a tower of a I man mean, in this movie yeah. that doesn't have much of a light touch, but... Um, you know, bit of a bit of an aggressive dude, but overall, but you know I, he's okay. You know he's okay because the first scene is him giving fish to a nun. So you're like, oh, this, any, you know, anything he does, you're like, well, he gave fish to that nun go, at the beginning sister. of the movie. He's a nice guy. Yeah, That's his, his save the cat moment. Fish the nun. Yeah. I, I guess the movie starts off with a really funny moment where it's like Lee Marvin is having some like insane banter with this guy. Oh yeah, and then you know beats the shit out of him. And is about to like, you know, go AWOL, jump off the ship. And what he does is like, instead of diving into the water, he sort of like belly flops his way in. It's like, what are you doing, dude? I was pretty uh, refreshing seeing Lee Marvin in this kind of a role uh, after watching Dirty Dozen. You know, like what a different role for him. Yeah. He was very funny. He was great. Yeah. And then... that that was a and then I I kind of so I had watched this movie I started it and then I was like oh I'm not gonna be able to I like looked at the time I was like I can't get through this whole movie tonight so I stopped it and I started it again the next morning I had mm-hmm. forgotten about that scene that I the only scene I watched where he jumps off <laughs> so so I just start watching the movie and it's John Wayne and then they hear this noise and they look through a telescope and they're like he's here and I'm like who's here because I had forgotten. <laughs> Then he jumped off a boat and was swimming to shore. Yeah, well, that's why you need to, to watch them all in one. I, in yeah, I know that that's that was my fault. Also, it was a very very complicated relationship with a very long setup, and it didn't really make yeah, any sense. Like, no like, yeah. like this guy comes that to the island. The movie. Uh, this guy, this guy comes to the island. John Wayne's like kids get in the truck. I'm taking you to the house. Like, like this is going to be some crazy shit right, that's right. happening. He drives them back and he's like, stay here. It's safe. And I was like, who is this guy? <laughs> then he drives to the bar and gets in a brawl with the guy. And then the guy's like, happy birthday. And they're just old buddies who have the same birthday and fight in the bar. Every on time they birthday, see each other, on like their birthday. Yeah. <laughs> on their birthday. And, and I was like, and, and they don't know why they're fighting that they, they've had a history of, just doing this every year and that's all there is to it it's tradition yeah it was and 
this a lot of stuff in this movie didn't make a lot of sense but the beginning of this movie was the most confusing maybe like 20 minutes of my movie going life <laughs> but maybe most of it's because i went to sleep after seeing the dude jump off the boat and right. maybe that that was the missing link that would have made it all fit together no i, I think they needed a, a couple more drafts on this one uh, i mean yeah. like like you, if you think about it like just like structurally speaking the entire conceit is okay exact same uh you know scenario from south pacific uh the jack warden the uh, grandpa from uh, problem child has uh <laughs> You know, three kids with a Polynesian woman who's dead. And, you know, he has to hide that from one of his estranged daughter uh, because, you know, inheritance and this and that. And then, you know, about the 40-minute mark, Jack Warden meets with his daughter, Amelia, and he's like, yeah, I don't give a shit about inheritance. And it's like, well, wait. So the, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the movie's over? Or yeah. no, we still got an hour to go. And it's done. Yeah. It wasn't even a discussion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, so then, so then why were we teasing out the rest of this movie? Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean. That was the central conflict. Yep. Solved. Not to keep going back to it, but it's but it's such a perfect movie that this is how they should have done it. Yeah. But if you think about Raiders of the Lost Ark, if they get the arc in the middle of the movie, yeah. the movie's done. True. And that essentially happened in this movie, but they're like, let's keep going. Let's just yeah. keep going and see what happens. No, he's got it. And now it's with the top men. And <laughs> yeah. um, uh, what else do we have to do? Well, we could fix the roof. I don't know. There's yeah. the, the, uh, another bar fight we could do. We could turn yeah. it into a Christmas movie for no reason. Uh, <laughs> you know, we could do all kinds of things, guys. I, I thought that was a Christmas scene and I wasn't sure because they were cutting down a palm tree. <laughs> But then, but then they started singing Christmas songs on the way back, right? I was like, oh, yep. Okay. It's like Clark like, Griswold oh, on the way back. Merry Christmas. Christmas. <laughs> yeah. They got the chased tree. by a bunch of hillbillies. <laughs> Look over there, kids. Yeah. <laughs> There's a joke that I'll read on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, according to the synopsis, though, it says that Donovan, John Wayne's character, and then Gil Hooley was Lee Marvin's character. Right. We're, yeah. we're just trying to uh, keep Doc Dedham, you know, your Jack Warden person, trying to keep him from being found out um, as he was hiding out from this person. But ultimately, it didn't matter. It's and it, and it was another is another thing that went completely over my head with my 2021 <laughs> brain being like, I'm so confused as to why he's going to lose his inheritance because of a morality clause that in Boston they still find to be very important they're like well what is he doing that's immoral oh he had a wife who wasn't white right that was essentially that was that was the problem and he was gonna lose his inheritance but i mean they they do spell that out in the movie i mean even if you are looking at it with the 2021 eyes yeah like it is spelled out there it's just that like they run themselves into a corner and like you know don't bother to fix it they're like yep well that's it and yeah keep going and for some reason (laughs) amelia just like won't be able to figure this out and like have to like puzzle everything out on her own for another 40 minutes <laughs> and, and even her figuring it out because she figures it out at the at the ceremony right that is kind when of, she no, figures she, it she, out she goes and like sees you know the padre uh, kind of drunk and crying over the yeah the graves the grave. in the morning oh yeah which is after the sort of uh the rained out uh christmas christmas uh, pageant pageant and those kids were really cute then she like yeah. she, she, she like shakes them down <laughs> yeah. And, you know, gets him to confess. 
But then, you know, so she has this knowledge at that point. <laughs> yeah. Like, and, and, I, and, and then there's a whole, like, two other scenes with Cesar Romero where he's, like, trying to hold this over her. It's yeah. like, this isn't working. Like, yeah, he didn't have much of a point to the movie, right? Like, he could have he been removed, and I don't think anything would have changed. No, he, right. was, he was there to look slick. Yeah, he, he did, though, man. He did. He didn't have any paint on his, uh, on his mustache, though. <laughs> <laughs> um, I did. I did want to say though how John Wayne would kind of handle um, the the lead actress in this, and he would just kind of push her along as they were walking, and in time she would literally fall, like she would trip yeah. over herself because he was just this giant, like pushing this young little girl around. I'm like, what are you right. doing? Right. Yeah. And the yeah. one at the very end, she goes to like meet up with him, and she falls off a jeep straight on her ass. I, I think someone would have broke their coccyx said they fallen off. Do you remember this right. part? Yes. yes, yes, yes. What the? Yeah. So and weird. Then they're, and then they're walking. They're walking back. They're they're walking down the the road. And I was like, all right, I got through this movie. It was offensive, but it wasn't as offensive as I thought it would be. And then he has to do like one more offensive thing where he basically like manhandles her into yes. a fountain and then just starts. And she's fighting him. And then he just like makes out with her until she's in submission right yes exactly <laughs> and then roll credits we're done <laughs> well, here's a fun fact i read about this film which was that there there was original material prepared for this production by james michener who wrote the oh yeah south, south pacific south pacific so uh-huh. a little bit i feel of like michener was was like the guy people were like well if you want to know about polynesia <laughs> ask this old white guy you know and he <laughs> Yeah, apparently he's not credited. A lot of similarities, though, in the story, right? I mean, like, hey, can you just take pieces of that story from the other one and jam it into this one where it doesn't work and we kind of break it in the middle? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Can we do that again? So this is going to be our first John Wayne movie on on the show, huh? Donovan's Reef. It's it's a John Wayne and... uh, (laughs) and Henry Ford movie. Yeah. (laughs) Well, this is the, I guess, the last John Wayne and John Ford collaboration yeah. you know they had dozens over the years and this, this is apparently the one they went out on yeah, yeah the that, swan was a, song. that was another thing i read about this was actually that that um john ford was in such poor health uh, during the filming of this that john wayne ended up directing a lot of it which is why <laughs> which it probably didn't make uh, any uh, sense <laughs> probably why the direction isn't, isn't as hot <laughs> as i was expecting it all makes <laughs> sense yeah. yeah, they got to the part where where he's John Wayne's like, just have him sign over the money. He doesn't care. Yeah. Why does he you care? Know? He actually does have a really good life here. What, yeah. what the fuck does he want to go back to Boston for? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I guess that uh, fixes the entire thing. Yeah. Well, we move this to the end of the movie instead? <laughs> no. Put it right here. Okay. But, now, th- okay. but then there was a ceremony with uh, the Doc's kids at the end, and it seemed like the young girl became important well yeah because her mother because her mother was the last the last royalty Mm -hmm. right of the the island of the island yep and she she it was like her coming of age now she is the the princess uh, or whatever very cool. Her bot mitzvah. Mm. Yeah. I think that I think that's a Polynesian term. Let's ask. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think James Michener is. Uh, yeah, <laughs> the, the French Polynesian term for that. The um. So this is this was one of those just like weird glitch in the matrix moments where like things keep coming up. But uh-huh. so Max and I were recently talking to our our friend Adrian 
um, about this old song. Did you catch this, Max? Uh, the song was called "The Monkeys Have No Tails" oh, I, in Zambuanga. Yes, I meant to. And I meant and to talk they, about that it. was the song. So that was a song about Filipinos, because they would climb up the trees and get fruit, and the white people who came to the islands are like, "Oh, they're like monkeys without tails," um, which is incredibly offensive and racist. That song showed up like five times in this movie. Really? Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's playing on the on the juke. It's playing, playing on the record. On the turntable thing it's playing on yeah the slot and then and then john wayne <laughs> just like machine. like keeps like he'll like whistle it and then he'll sing it and i was just like oh it's that it's that really offensive song that i had no idea existed until like a week and a half ago yeah and now i'm hearing it over and over <laughs> well that's interesting because like i i was thinking about that earlier uh right before we started recording um but i guess that is a, a connection to the show you guys are putting together which is like you know, because Ray Ray Bowen, uh, you know, was married to a white woman, and and he faced a lot of those yeah. same sort of prejudices and and things that a lot of these movies were exploring. Yeah, yeah we talked we talked with him about that, uh, or we talked with Mike Bowen about that a, a little bit. Um, and yeah, he told us some stories about some of the some of the things that they faced. Oh, well, actually, we should probably go back. I mean, I did you say earlier that that Ray was Filipino? You probably did when you were talking about the song, yeah. but yeah, but they were well, yeah. Asked, but, yeah. So Ray was Filipino. He was one of Don's Filipino bartenders who actually was a bartender at just about every right. Polynesian themed bar uh, in Los Angeles for like forty years, including uh, Christian's Hut on Catalina. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yes, and he opened the Tiki Tea, and his wife was was white, and um. But she also was like, she sounds like one of the these ladies. Jerry was her name. She sounds like one of these ladies that wouldn't take shit from anybody. Because uh-huh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I guess I, you know, the the stories that Mike told us, where you know people would like try to kick them out of a restaurant or something, she would kind of like like she fight would kick back, back. and yeah. yeah, kick back exactly, exactly. Um, she she sounds like she was a firecracker. Um, but yeah, it, it's crazy. It's crazy to like see these movies, and I don't know. I mean, I sound like a like a an ignorant white guy. Like, oh, it's crazy <laughs> to think racism exists. But uh, watching these movies and seeing how like like these movies didn't think they were being racist, right? Exactly. Right. That's like what that's what's say. crazy. That's what's, that's crazy, what's crazy about crazy. it. No, no. Yeah. The, the, in fact, in fact, they, they thought they were being just the opposite, right? Like, and right. and they were right. they were really trying to baby Freaking step their way into, you know, trying to get. Uh, a much more racist society to 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 think that uh yeah certain people that uh are you know can also be human as well yeah it is funny i mean it is it does show you that times have changed a little bit in the last 60 years right or or at least yeah. uh, what, what we uh take for granted has changed yeah yeah definitely definitely so you mentioned earlier a kickstarter for your your project yeah. um when does that start Next week. So by the time people hear this, hopefully it it will be live. That is the plan. Yeah. yeah. Oh wow, there's some pressure on the editor, huh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we're launching our Kickstarter. We're trying to raise funds to travel. Um, we have a lot of interviews that we have sort of tentatively booked, and that we need to travel to um, Hawaii, New York. 
New Orleans, um, Georgia, lots of uh, yeah. and then and then eventually you'll do a film, right? After you're doing so much cool yeah. traveling, uh, uh, yeah. after we after we take a after we take this vacation. Yeah, this is <laughs> so, nice. so this is more yeah. of a GoFundMe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> GoFund us. Go us. Yeah, yeah. There'll be a second Kickstarter for the film, actually. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah so we're we're raising money for that we're trying to uh you know we we got some cool stuff on there we've got a a tiki mug designed and uh created by shag the artist shag which is really cool very cool um yep. and we got some other cool stuff on there some cool rewards and yeah we've got some prizes. some really cool pins uh based on illustrations of all these cocktails from old don the beachcomber menus uh, oh cool we got a drinks. tiki cocktail masterclass. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, with with lots of these I mean everybody we've we've been interviewing people who know better than anyone how to make these drinks. So each of them kind of does yeah. a breakdown and we're doing that as a reward, which is kind of cool. Yeah. And if we talked about this before, I'm sorry, but yeah. how did you guys start this like what was what started your you know, this adventure. This, yeah. yeah. Well, a couple of years ago, um, Alex actually, I, I had no idea what the tiki scene was really all about, but Alex kind of started getting into some of these bars and we, we had a thought about doing a little docu-series kind of covering some of these spots that, like the Tiki Tea that's been there since 61 or, or and mm-hmm. Tonga Hut and a handful of other places in the LA area that we were like, oh, we could do like a 10 minute little piece on each of these places. And we started talking to people and everybody was like, oh, it all goes back to Don Beach. And like more, more and more people kept talking about Don Beach and we started learning And the about stories it. they would tell were just like, there's no way that this guy actually did all these things. Like it, <laughs> yeah. it can't. It can't be real. Just legendary um, kind of stuff. Huh? Right. Yeah. Well, and, it, and also the, 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 there's something interesting about, you know, this idea that what people have in their minds about Tiki and it's like, okay, that's, that's Polynesia. That's out there somewhere. But all that was invented here in right. L.A., right? Yeah. Right. And, which makes sense when you think about like Hollywood, especially exactly. Hollywood like in the 30s. Like it's all a fantasy, right? Totally. And, and, and that's what like gave it its, its initial taste of fame was how – it was it was right there on Hollywood Boulevard, and it was like you know just blocks from Grandma's Chinese, and mm-hmm. just across the street from the Egyptian, and it was like you know this place where people would go, and it be, became a Hollywood attraction, which then you know spread it to other people like ripping off that that idea and all that. Right. Right. So and yeah, what, now the, it's a DSW from... shoe shoe store. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now it's a uh, it's condominium. Yeah, luxury condos, condos yeah. that uh, yeah. you know, no one lives in. There you go. Yeah. yeah. So there's been yeah there's been kind of a Hollywood connection from the very beginning, which is yeah pretty cool. Yeah, and it, it's you know I I think that that is kind of the connection to you know so many films that were made around the time. I think I think these films were fun to watch because of how they connected to America's just obsession with Polynesia. Well, but yeah, but that's uh, you know it it sounds fascinating. I mean. Um... And it sounds like you guys have already gotten a bunch of interviews kind of going. Um, how how far uh, how far out are you with um, with everything? We're probably, I mean, with these interviews that we have to go out and get, um, we should be able to have a rough cut of the film done. Like our timeline is to have a rough cut of the film done by the end of this year. Um, Great, that's the goal. Yeah. yeah, there's there's still maybe some 
There's a lot of post stuff we want to do too. There's but... a lot of post stuff. Yeah. There's some, yeah. That's some when you guys got to do the maps from uh, Contiki. Ex- yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I I mean some of the I think some of the cool things that came together that really made us be like oh crap we're making a movie is you know we got this uh, this interview that Don did and. In nineteen, was it eighty seven? Max, I think it was eighty seven, or I think it was recorded in eighty six, and the transcripts were available in eighty seven or something. Like yeah. That. So once we once we got a hold of these these tapes, and we had Don essentially narrating the documentary, we were like, "Oh, wow. holy crap! Like this is a real documentary. Comes now we to have life. to now we have to actually like go out and interview people <laughs> and and make this happen." That was kind of I think the first big thing where. Because we were still kind of like toying with the idea of, of doing this during the quarantine. And when we um, heard back from the, the Watermole Foundation that they found the tapes and they were sending them to us, we were like, oh, well, now like, <laughs> we kind of have a responsibility to, fit, to, to, to right. follow through do with this. The right way, yeah. 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 Um, I think that to me, that was the biggest thing. I don't know about you, Max. No, that was a big deal. And it was also, we we knew so little at that point, and we're not really that well connected to anybody in this community. Um, so that was, yeah, that was sort of a big deal. And we were like, and then, you know, being able to listen to that stuff of Don basically telling his own life story. Yeah. It was like, oh, wow, this is, I think yeah. people will be into it. Yeah. And then, I and I mean, as, as far as, being in that community, the community has been super welcoming to us and super open to sharing everything that they can with us. Um, maybe those tapes helped a little bit to be like, oh, these guys are serious. But, I think it gave us um, a little street cred. A little bit of street cred, maybe. <laughs> um, but like, yeah, what's crazy is like we were talking about it the other day and we we're like, at this point, we probably know, we're probably like, two of maybe five people who know all these things about this one guy right um at this point like because you know everybody knows the stories that they know but as far as what actually happened and what uh he says happened um we're pretty we're pretty well versed and i i would say we're pretty sure we have the story at this point excellent no that sounds really exciting um yeah i guess we'll we'll definitely be putting a link uh to your kickstarter uh, in the description cool. and everything. Um, but uh, is there anything else you guys wanted to, to say on, on that front? Or where can everyone uh, follow you? How about that? The Dawn of Tiki, two N's in Dawn. Yeah. The Dawn of Tiki uh, on Instagram, dawnoftiki.com, Dawn of Tiki on Twitter, the Dawn, the of, Dawn Tiki of, on, the Dawn. of Tiki on yeah. the Dawn of Tiki on everything. <laughs> It'll work. On everything. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds Perfect. great. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thank uh, you guys for having, having us. On again, Alex. And great to meet you, Max. Yeah, likewise. Awesome. Thanks for having us on. That was fun. Yeah, it was really fun. And thanks for everybody watching all of South Pacific, even after the intermission. <laughs> 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 all right, next week, we are going to be talking about one of my favorite subjects ever. We're going to be talking about alien encounters in movies, um, but of the more peaceful Kind, I would say. Not so much an alien invasion movie. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll have to keep looking to the skies. Uh, you know, truth is out there. Yeah. And, I, I uh, want to believe. Yeah. I mean, at, at this point, it's it's beyond I want to believe. I just want to know because <laughs> yeah. it's clearly out there. And I think it's a 
June 15th or something that the that um, the government or the Pentagon owes Congress a big uh, bulletin of exactly <laughs> what, what UFOs yeah. are. Yeah, big what yeah. the fuck. <laughs> we'll be uh, talking about three Alien Encounters films. Um, th- these are some of the best here. Uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind from 1977, Contact from 1997, and Arrival from 2016. I really wanted to say like 2017 there, so we had sevens in all the years, but... <laughs> Uh, these are great movies. Uh, this is a great block. Are you? W- was this part of the um, the government coming out and saying that UAPs are now a real thing and uh, that we need to? <laughs> yeah, right. They, they changed the name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I, I think that's that's uh, kind of uh, brought it to the top of the the heap here. But uh, you know, this one was uh, kind of percolating in the background. I kind of had it on a running list. We're uh, keeping of. Uh, of different movies, and I think it'll be a fun one to kind of explore, and it's kind of a different way of looking at the alien encounters. Absolutely. Very excited. All right, thank you so much for listening. Please make sure to subscribe and follow us on all the podcasts and social platforms at the Grindhouse Institute. And if you really want to give us a boost, check us out on Apple Podcasts and leave us a rating and review. It helps us to get noticed. Thanks so much, everybody. We'll be back next week. Ciao. That darn ballet high. Why does it have to be off limits? You can get everything over there. Dancing, drinking, everything. Why, you big phony? We all know why you want to go to ballet high. Yeah? Why? Because the French planters put the young women over there when they heard the GIs were coming. That's why. Just as if they didn't trust us. <laughs>